Mercury, Mercury Stardust She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night Mercury, Mercury Stardust She'll teach you how to make it all alright Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury and I'm the trans handyman My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space Oh, well, we're supposed to start a podcast, but, you know, Mercury's off playing with her phone. So, hello. Hi there, pals. This is Basil. Hey, wait. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hey. Okay. Hey, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's your good old friend, Mercury. Uh, She wasn't off microphone doing something weird like normal. She was here the whole time. (laughs) And that is my wonderful co-host, the amazing, the talented, the somewhat annoying, Basil! <laughs> oh, but Bas- would, would I be like like your sibling if if I wasn't just a little bit annoying? You have to be annoying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's honestly part of your charm. It- so <laughs> for those who don't know, me and Basil have recently come to the conclusion that we are basically siblings. Um, and for all the attentive purposes, I mean that for all the pros and cons that siblings are. <laughs> I love Basil. But also, we annoy each other probably 80% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we're also pretty, like, we're similar and opposite at the same time. Mm. Right? What's a di- Okay. Okay. Like, like they're organized. Like, Basil's really organized. But we're both kind of, like, like we're very neurospicy. Mm. Like, we're extremely neurospicy people. Mm-hmm. And we're both ADHD. Like, mm-hmm. we are riddled with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I'm an extremely disorganized person. Like, ba- the amount of time that Basil has found underwear in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to know, yesterday I took that underwear home. I felt bad. I, like, walked around and I saw a pile of my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, this is not in your job description <laughs> to be picking up my dirty undies. <laughs> and there was like socks rolled up. Uh-huh. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's worse than my bedroom. <laughs> so I, I like I'm disorganized in that way. But also the shop is like a mess right now. Oh, God, it's so bad. We have so many projects going on. Yes. But 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 here's the thing. I think you and I together make for one hell of a team mm-hmm. an extremely good team that like i think siblings work so well together in 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 general a lot of times like some of the like the property brothers i really don't like the property brothers but the property brothers i mean they're pretty good sure yeah. right they're okay yeah. <laughs> the <Olsen laughs> twins you know they're great you know Zach um, and Cody. The Watts brothers, you know, JJ and the other one. You know, like, they're <laughs> okay, I'm realizing as I'm saying this bit, <laughs> no one knows the people I'm talking about, really. <laughs> the Wayne brothers, you know, siblings, they work well together. Okay. Kind of like a hot dog bun and a, a hot, hot dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> and... Also, I should not forget to introduce our wonderful sound engineer dash third co-host, Matthew Allen. Hey. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. I would think without further ado, are you ready to answer uh, some DIY questions this week? Yeah, I think we are. Okay. So for those who do not know, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, 
You give me your cues, and I give you all the answers. And most of the time, we're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing. I don't think me and Basil have heard either of these. Mm-hmm. Right? We haven't heard none of these. None of them. We're going to get five of these. Matt, have you heard any of these questions prior? No. Okay. So all three of us have no idea what we're going to get into. Basil, read the first question we got. All right, here we go. Hey, from Jess and Jet here on TikTok, can you explain to me any tips for fixing my leaky skylight in the sunroom of our rental? And they sent us a couple photos here as well. Oh, yeah. Matt, can you blow this up a little bit so I can see this photo a little bit more clearly? Oh, yeah. You need you need some good thick clock right there. You need... <laughs> Okay, out of context. I know that sounds bad. Matt, can you blow up just a little bit more? Can you really get real in there? It feels like that. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, okay. So there's two, there's multiple skylights we're talking about, huh? I think it might be the same skylight from different angles. Hmm. Well, there's two different colors. So I wasn't. It might be a lighting thing. Might be a lighting. Oh, yeah. But oh, it looks like it is. Okay. There's a few things we could do. Okay. We can get some like weather or, like resistant like rubber matting or something. You can throw that underneath there a little bit, cut it to size. Like you could take off the trim, right? And then add that there, right? And then you can put it all in there and then cock around it. I think if you're having leaking, the real issue is gonna be the outside. Right. Right? The real issue is gonna be doing everything outside. But if you're a renter, Right. You know what I mean? So, like, you could do all that stuff inside and cock it off and, and put rubber matting and, and make sure you seal it off. But you're going to then have molding and stuff that's going to grow underneath and cause issues long term. It depends on how long you're going to live there for. Right? Matt, do we get any other info? Is this all we got? Nope, that's all we got. Oh, boy. Boy, I am just walking into this in the fucking dark. Okay. Okay. Uh, quick question for you, Mercury. Have you seen like those products that are like they're like waterproofing tapes, essentially? Oh, if you talk about flex tape, I'm gonna throw up. No, I mean they have like <laughs> um, some of them that are like decorative now too. Like here, you can like scroll through. But I think you know yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this stuff is basically flex tape. Yeah. This is just like, yeah. Even for so, a renter, is that not something you would recommend? Um, it, you know, honestly, they don't really do the job you think they're gonna do. Uh, getting a good seal on something like this. If, so the, the tape that the basil is throwing at me, there's a whole bunch of different kinds. There's waterproofing tape. There's caulk and seal tape, all that. Like there's literally a PVC caulk tape. And basically what that is, is tape, but like caulking form. None of that works great. I'm not a big fan of that. I know some people swear by that, but I think in the long run, it, it causes more issues mm-hmm. because to get it to really seal properly, you really need to make sure that you like measure everything right. You 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 apply it properly. You get you make sure that there is no like bumps or waves at all. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially in a situation like this, yeah, I think you can cause more damage. And as a renter, you are going to pull that away at some point. Right, the landlord will, and then it, they will rip off a bunch of drywall. Okay. So I don't know if that's a great solution here, but can, I'm going to use your phone real quick. Yep. And I'm going to type in something smart. And that smart is going to get us answers. Can someone do me a favor and vamp while Mercury does shameless Googling? 
Oh, God. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Vamp, vamp. Okay. So should I talk about my cats? My cats are pretty cool. I have to find a co-host that can vamp. That's yeah. what I, that's the one thing I need. I got Maggie. Can't vamp for shit. I got Basil. Can't vamp for shit. Matthew, I've known him and done hosting with him for five years. Could never vamp for shit. Somebody has to be able to vamp. Last week, Danny. Thought Danny could vamp. No one can vamp. Nope. Okay. Maybe maybe what we need to do is um, just like create a bunch of little note cards. <laughs> so we'll just, like, pull out a topic. And so basically, the note card would just be like your get out of jail free card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, vamp! Um, did you know that the capital of Utah? <laughs> yeah, it should just be a bunch of fun facts and trivial pursuit questions. Uh, that would be kind of fun. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna give you a story to talk about. Okay, okay. okay. That will be you vamping i'm gonna cue you into a story perfect that is gonna slay the audience gonna make everyone laugh while i find the answer for their problem okay, okay you ready i'm ready salt lake city pointed on the map tell them that story <laughs> tell them that story uh for those who don't know we're going on a 50 city book tour and we thought it was a good idea to film me finding all the cities on a big map basil take it away Okay, so this this map it's it's quite large. It's it's probably like four feet by five feet, something like that. And it's not like a very detailed map, so it's kind of like squiggly lines. You know, things are only kind of recognizable. And so we're going to Salt Lake City, and the the picture of Utah on this map only has like this one little weird squiggly in it that is <laughs> is obviously supposed to represent a body of water. Right. And so Mercury is going to like point out where she thinks the city is because we're, we were doing like this thing where she was guessing and then I was looking at the map and then and telling her if she was right or not. And usually she was pretty, pretty close, but like, she pointed at like the bottom right corner of Utah and was like Salt Lake City is over here. I also pointed to like Albuquerque, New Mexico. You did. Like, you did. I, I pointed Fully the wrong state. I pointed everywhere except Salt Lake City and I could not for the life of me under, like figure out why you and Raymond were laughing at me. I handed it to her and I was like, oh yeah, this will be an easy one for you. And I looked at you with a blank stare like, why the <laughs> fuck would Salt Lake City be easy for me to find? The look on your face when I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I got your fucking answer, Basil. Okay. Thank you for vamping decently. Okay. <laughs> so, so, here's the thing. Your landlord is going to want to work into some, like, weather barrier, basically, right? I was looking at specific products. Didn't necessarily find a better product that's going to work for you. But I think they're going to need to pull off some of the shingles and they're going to need to straight up look at the roof. And I think what you can do is email your landlord and ask them if they can do any type of like repairing because you're getting leaks from inside. You know, if not, that's okay. Then if if they're not going to repair the outside and do anything with the roof, that's when you get yourself some like good caulking. You try it that way. And you try to do stuff inside if you can. But I don't think you do any type of like weatherproofing tape or anything like that. I think that's the wrong route to go. The route you want to do any type of gaskets, anything that's a weather barrier inside that you can do. Some leather stripping. That would be a really decent job. 
But again, it's going to seal it all inside of that ceiling then is basically what it's going to do. Right. So you might have that water is going to end up somewhere. Mm -hmm. Either it's going to be a little bit or if it's a lot coming out, if you're getting like a constant bead when when, when rain is happening. Then you have an issue that the landlord better fucking t- tend to. Right. But uh, when it comes to leaks like this and problems like that, and this, that I to me, that's a pretty decent one. I would be interested in this. You know, now that we've talked all about this, you know what we haven't talked about? The steep of the goddamn thing. Hmm. When I say steep, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the the um, amount, of, like the angle of the Yeah, roof? there's another fucking word for it, but I always goddamn forget the it. The pitch! Oh, shit! Basil comes in red hot! Thank you, Sims. Oh, yeah! No, the pitch of the goddamn skylight will matter. So a lot of them will have a certain type of pitch that will make sure you're getting run off of it. Oh, sure. And then not pool right in that area, right? Mm-hmm. When we were down in uh, Topeka, Kansas for Luke, we did that fundraiser, right, to, to repair his roof. One of the major problems they had, they had a rounded pitch and not a steep pitch, right? Oh, okay. So they had a, a rounded pitch that, like, basically looked like a fucking, like, you know, an astronaut window. You know, it barely looked like it was a skylight. Interesting. Bad idea, especially for how thin roofs are on, on, on uh, trailers. Yeah. Right? So what happened was the wa- it wasn't properly sealed. So the water like lands on it. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden what you have is you have pooling of one area and then the water goes uh-huh. right there. Right. So to me, this would be the start of a worse issue. Yeah. If you live in a trailer, you probably shouldn't even have a skylight. You know, I would say that uh, skylights are not designed great for something that has like a, such as like a um, like pretty thin roofing. Yeah. They usually have one layer and they're usually made out of much different. When I was Doing all the drywalling for Luke, I got to get to see the inside of that ceiling more. Mm-hmm. And I, at some point, you're kind of just like putting a pink bow on on poop. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're trying your best, but that everything is thinner and not made strong enough. Yep. And I cannot believe I was walking on that roof. Is all I'm saying. So that's how like thin that roof is. Mm-hmm. So if you got a skylight on that, mm, that makes me. Nervous. Pretty nervous. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I to get a skylight properly installed and repaired in a trailer mm. costs more than a roof in a trailer is probably yeah, worth that. that. So not a great scenario as two kids who grew up on a trailer. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, you and I are. We're both trailer park kids. We're pole trailer park kids. So all that being said, don't know if that will be a solution if this is a trailer. So, yeah. One more question I have for you regarding this Mercury. Um, yes. Would you recommend, I, I'm assuming the answer is already yes, but uh, would you recommend that they put a dehumidifier in that room where the leaking's happening? Yep, 100%. I think that's such a good thing to bring up. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you know, if you're having this issue, you probably have more issues in the ceiling than you realize. And if this is like, like again, if the constant bead of water is happening, it, if it isn't drip, 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 if it's more like a... Constant flow. That's mm. an issue. Yeah. If it's a drip, five, ten minutes, drip, that's sure. a different scenario. Okay. Then you can probably, you know, rope it off, rope it off, beat it off. As a, <laughs> beat it off. God damn it. <laughs> you can put a bead of sealant. Okay. 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 You dirty-minded person <laughs> around there, and that should probably hold it off okay. until landlord can take a look at this issue that's developing. That, that would be great. my hot, that my hot take. Did I answer this thoroughly enough? 
25 minutes later, like, Jesus Christ, that was the first question on the podcast, <laughs> does not bode well for the next four gosh darn questions. But I guess we're just feeling talkative today. Okay, Matty Ice. Yes. Uh, do you think, jeez, <laughs> keep me in a red hot, Matt. Uh, are you ready for us to answer the next question? I am ready. Okay. Play away. I really hope it's a voice message. Or it's not a voice message. That didn't, like, the, the segue didn't even work. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Maddie to say something. Okay, Matt, blow it up so I can we, we can read it. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead, Baze. Read that thingy. All right, so here we go. Hi, Mercury. I've been watching your videos for a while now. You're really good at making people smile. <laughs> My partner and I are moving into their uncle's rental tomorrow, and there's a lot of issues that need to be fixed. Mainly the collapsed ceiling joists between the living room and kitchen. If you'd like, I can send a picture of it. Thanks again for making great content. So I think that they're asking you for what advice. Like, what would you do with this situation? Oh, my gosh. Oof. That is a full-on joist that's causing. Wow, you're moving into this right now without that being repaired? That's tough. Okay, Matt, can you blow this up a little bit? Now, what for those who are at home, what we are seeing... Is a joist, which is basically the start of the ceiling. <laughs> is a joist is in your ceiling, and Matt, can you blow it up a little bit more? I really want to see that cracking more. I don't know. It look so. Is the joist cracked, or, or is that just the drywall? Is that I, it? Looks pretty gnarly. If that's just the drywall, and anytime I see a straight crack like that, mm-hmm. and it's not like a curve, so. What we're seeing is this very pretty straight line all the way across from one side of the wall to another side of the wall on a ceiling. Okay. And what we're seeing is that kind of in the placement of a joist. The reason why that bothers me and makes me nervous is because that could be the the first tail sign of an actual ceiling collapse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now when you see straight lines in your ceiling, right? We all see like cracks in the ceiling. You, if you see a crack that is like uh, curved, or if you see a crack that's like jagged, that's not necessarily a terrible thing. Things happen. Sometimes you see it in a mud, but when it starts being a line, like that's almost a straight line. Mm-hmm. It's a little curved here and there. You have some like like damage that looks like it's like bulging out in right. kind of the middle mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like a traditional like oh that whole that whole ceiling was put in wrong right and the, and sometimes i've seen them i've seen ceilings put in with nails and if that sounds weird to you i need to remind you gravity yeah. <laughs> does not work well with framing nails not <laughs> just like any nails like tiny little fucking nails i've seen TikToks of people having collapsed ceilings from that. Yeah. Yeah, and and the way that works, if you have one that falls down, basically all of it's going to fall down. Right. You're going to have a chain reaction because of the pressure and everything that's happening in there. So I would definitely be concerned with that. I would Mm. want your uncle to take a look at that. Yeah. Now, to me, I, I, I would just, I would take a whole chunk of that ceiling out. If I'm seeing something like this, there needs to be a pretty big repair. Like, this is not a a simple repair. This is more of like maybe a contractor kind of comes in maybe. Mm -hmm. If this is not the issue, you can get better eyes in it than me. Okay? 
if you are looking at it right now at home and you are seeing it doesn't look like it's actually a whole piece of sheetrock dash drywall that's coming down. If it just looks like it's a like damage and maybe something got bulged out, sometimes the, the uh, home will, will set. And for whatever reason, it can really put a lot of strain on your joist. If the joist is cracked, you're gonna. I, I think you should get that repair. They make repair metal like plates for repair joists. I would definitely do that. Make sure you get it up to standards for your housing area. Like this is something your uncle needs to do. Mm-hmm. If that is the uh, issue, if you have bad relationships with your uncle and you're just lucky to be there, you know, then I would say mud it and put a couple screws in there in there uh, into the joist and then mud it and keep an eye on it yeah mudding it i would say join compound and i would get yourself a good trawl and a good like 12 inch mudding blade and really feather it out a lot Mm -hmm. like feather it out more than you have to and use joint compound do not use five minute mud 10 minute mud 20 minute mud 90 minute mud don't use any of the fast drying mud when you are having issues with splitting drywall like this, use joint compound. It will flex with the ceiling more than any other type of mud. Other muds will set faster. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they dry faster, but they set faster. Sure. Which means they're harder. Yeah. They're okay. more brittle. I gotcha. Where joint compound will take like a full day to, to cure. Not cure. To, to um, set and then dry. Yeah. Yeah. And... Because of that length, it really sets into everything, and it's much. It's more like the bamboo of like drywall mud. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's gonna flex a lot. It will eventually break. Sure, but you got to put a lot of tension on it too. And gotcha. I, if you put in multiple layers, you should be okay. I think I answered that one. I think so. Not my favorite picture I've seen here. You know, you, sometimes I see pictures and it looks harmless. Mm. And this is one of those things where, thank you for blowing it away a little bit, Matthew. I can see it a little bit more clearly now that we're not just zoomed into. You know, sometimes you see this kind of stuff and it looks so harmless. Oh, yeah, it's just a little crack. But it's not your traditional crack. Like, if it's coming from a corner, if it's coming from a doorway, if it's coming from a windowsill, fine. The crack doesn't even start in the corner of the room. It start in the middle of the like, like the hallway area or the dining room area, wherever this is, and it it doesn't go to either end of the wall, mm-hmm. right? It like goes for about like five feet, six feet, and it is not connected to the sides, right? Like you totally would normally see it. Mm-hmm. So that really makes me wonder that something is going on right in the middle that is pushing that drywall down, and making it a problem they said earlier that it was a broken joist right that is what they said they said specifically it's a broken joist so i wonder if a broken joist is broken like in an attic situation right or like maybe this is like a basement or you can get joist repair kits you can get ones that will work and i think that this is not your home right this is your uncle's you get his permission and it's whatever but a joist repair kit it's going to make a world of difference. And you think that's something that someone could just do by themselves? Um, yes. I'm going to say yes, but look up tutorials yeah. and different routes. 
they will be joist mending videos mm-hmm. that are going to give you a lot of direction on this one. I would say watch at least three and get much more entail than what I am telling you to. But I'm going to tell you right now, really be cautious with that joist. Really be cautious with it, especially if you're working from above and not below. Mm. I would prefer to work from below if I don't have access to above, right? Because I don't want to lean on this joist either. So, yeah, I mean, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one because I can't see it. Right. So I don't know. I would say please exercise caution. One more question. Yes. Is there any like type of bracing or anything that they should do before they start working on it? I mean, you could go down below and uh, get... They, uh, again, they make telescoping right. beams for this. Yes. You could put some type of platform system underneath there and then lift it up. Mm-hmm. You could do that. You could get some, some two-by-fours and do that stuff too. Again, a video online that specifically talks about this is going to have way more detail than what I can if it's not the issue. Now, in, in scenarios this way, they do make kits that will lift up that joist. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem with those. And the thing that scares me about doing that if you don't know what you're doing. If you put it up, if you do that, right, you need to kind of make sure there's one on either side. Sure. Because, again, I can't tell where this joist is broken in the middle. Mm -hmm. And if you're just adding in this thing and you're pushing it from down below, you can actually cause more damage sometimes. Sure. So I would be careful with that. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it is an idea that you could do. They make, like, actual joist lifts and stuff like that that Mm -hmm. might be a a, a good route for you to know. None of this is cheap. No, None of, of this is cheap, and I was trying to stay away from the expensive end. Yeah. But I don't know if there is and doing it safely. Right. To me, this is like, hey, uncle, what are you willing to give us? We'll do the work. We'll do this if you throw in some money. Or if, you know, again, you're just lucky to have a place Do you have right mm. now. Then I say, just monitor it like, oh, hell. And if it is cracked, you're, you should do something. You know, even a support beam with it. But there is a right way to add a 2x4, and there is a wrong way to add a 2x4. And without seeing what your joist system is like, it's very hard for me to say exactly how you should do it. But I will tell you right now, do not watch any video online if it's not from a structural engineer. Mm. And there's plenty of videos from people who are engineers yeah. who will tell you a lot more how to repair it. Yeah, there's always once in a while you see a handy guy sure. who will be very confident and very wrong. Yeah. So be careful. Read the comments down below. Always read the comments in those kind of videos. Yeah. Okay, I think I answered it the best I could. This was a rough one. Mm-hmm. This was a rough one. Mm-hmm. Maddie, now are you ready to play the audio of the next one? Really banking one of these is an audio eventually. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> damn it! Damn it. Okay, okay, Basil, I'm sorry to make you do all the work. This is a really drywall-heavy episode. I have not even read this one yet, and I'm already seeing another thing with a drywall repair. Okay, Baze, what is this? All right, this one says... Hi, Mercury. I have a hole in my bathroom wall, but it's in the corner. How would I fix this? I love you so much from New York City. Oh, this is good. I'm so happy because we had a two rough ones. Now we got a, a more straightforward one. This is what we call corner bead. So right now, is it Matt, can you zoom in a lot more? Yeah, that looks crunchy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what happened here, but a lot is going on in this picture. 
I'm seeing some peeling paint, so mm -hmm. definitely a pretty aged ceiling. This, from my angle, looks like it might be plaster. Doesn't look like drywall to me. Right. But you can use drywall methods to repair something like this. This does not look more than a, maybe a foot and a half wide. And it looks pretty crunchy. Like, the first thing you're going to need to do is pop out all the loose plaster. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a quite a bit of plaster to pop out. And here's the thing. You're, there's going to be more plaster that's damaged in there than you think there is. Mm. Okay? So what I would do is add in, like, you get yourself some corner bead. Okay? But when you get everything out, okay, I want you to take some, like, support board, like a one by 4 and put it up in there and go from stud to stud. On the top of the ceiling and on the wall. There's like this this hole kind of hits the ceiling and then hits the wall itself. It's like, it hits like the whole corner of the the situation happening. So add in a support board, a 1x4 above in the ceiling in that hole, and then a 1x4 that's in the, the actual wall itself. Mm. Then add in the corner bead the best you can. Corner bead is basically this stuff that kind of goes like right in the corner itself use a lot for drywall but what's going to help here a lot is when we add in the good old-fashioned pieces of drywall itself like sheetrock mm -hmm. we're going to take them and we're going to cut them into rectangle pieces place them onto the wall and cut out that plaster more okay do the best you can you've probably got lats in the way so be careful and then you're going to place that drywall in there, do the best you can, in both of those spots on that support uh, on board, and you screw it in there, okay? Now, basically, what you got here is a system of, like, it might be a little bit, like, indented mm. because we're adding in drywall, sure. and there's holes, and there's lats, and all that jazz. But do the best you can. And remember, we're not making everything look flat. We're not trying to make it flat. We're trying to make the illusion of flatness, mm -hmm. okay? So make on-ramps to the hole with the mud really elongated and wide. And once you get this kind of situated and you get this all on, that's when you can add in a corner bead right in that section, okay? And then use drywall tape to mask it all off and then continue to elongate it, okay? If you haven't done mudding before, this is going to be challenging. Mm. If you've never done mudding in your entire life and now you want to start mudding, boy, just you pick a project to start with, okay? <laughs> Corners are tough. Yeah. And mending a corner with drywall that is plaster is even harder. I wouldn't necessarily go with, with plaster for this because I think that's going to be even more challenging. Sure. Okay? I also think because there is a lot of paint that is rejecting and beat up, I would think that... When all is said and done, you're going to want to paint everything. And I would really be interested to see why it's peeling the way it is. Also, is this a on, bathroom? On, I think they did say bathroom. On a note of yeah. paint peeling, it would be important to know like the year your home was built and when this could have possibly been painted. You might want to do some lead testing. Oh, that's a very Thank you. Thank you for that catch. For those who don't know, it, it, it's not always this true, but any typically paint that was done before 1986 almost always had lead in it now not always true but a pretty high margin enough to make you concerned 
Right. So I would make sure that you definitely test it for lead if it's been there a long time. And it's enough. just, it's so easy. The little kits that are so yep. easy and to And you do. can send those in. Have you done those before? I haven't done them personally, but I've seen them done a bunch. Yeah, they're pretty, they're really, they really are that simple. And you, I, I recommend if you got the money, mm-hmm. send them into two different companies. Sure. Just yeah, to make sure. Sense. Just to make sure. Because you can get them online on Amazon for like 50 bucks a pop and they all charge you per test. So the sample isn't that much money at all, mm-hmm. like to actually get the little sample things that cut them out and stuff. But when you do take the sample of the paint, make sure you wear a respirator yeah. and gloves and all right. that jazz and eyewear because you are literally dislodging potentially lead paint. Same mm-hmm. thing with asbestos when you were doing that yep, kind of stuff. Yep. Anytime you're touching it, the moment you, you touch it and mess with it, you're releasing those pores into the the space you're living in. And pretty much you want to treat it as like contaminated until you know for sure that it's not. If this isn't a bathroom, and it is, ah, it says bathroom wall. Basil was right. If it is a bathroom, which it is, because we just said yes. So. <laughs> okay. So because we know that, I would say a dehumidifier in this situation too. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way there's airflow in that room that's working properly. That paint is peeling in a way that would suggest that's the case. And if this is from New York, the humidity is high enough where that could be an issue. Sure. So I'm going to say, and knowing a lot of New York apartments, I'm going to say 110%. There's no way there's ventilation in that room Mm, at all. Yeah, sure. So there might not even be a fan in there. So I'm going to say dehumidifier to solve that problem too. And all that's going to help because I don't know where that hole came from. But it looks like it got whacked pretty good, doesn't it? It does. So, yeah. I hope you're doing good. Okay, Matt, what do you think? Did we answer that question, Manny? I think you did great. Wow. Matt earning his paycheck today. Okay. Are we ready to answer the fourth question, which is more? And then, obviously, absolutely has to be a voice message. Right? Huh? Huh? Hi there. Yeah! And my pronouns are they, them. I have been living in my current place for a little over two years now. And there's just some things that I've started to notice that never really bothered me before. But now that I'm in like a healthier mental space, they're kind of starting to bother me in a physical sense. Anyway, in my kitchen, mostly my counter is kind of pulling away from the wall and there's small gaps. I was wondering if I could just put, like, caulk over it and smooth it out. It looks like that may be what was used to keep it together or to seal it in the first place. Maybe I'm not making any sense at all. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can't. I don't know. I was just wondering if you had any recommendations for that situation. I also noticed it in my bathroom, weirdly enough, not by the counter, but the floor with the wall. Some of these things might be foundational issues, but I was just wondering if, You know, as a renter, there was anything that I could do to either aesthetically make it more pleasing or maybe just, like, temporarily fix it so nobody creeps or crawls through any of the gaping holes. Thanks so much. I am so glad that you asked this question because I actually have this same problem at my new house. So I am very much looking forward to hearing Mercury's answer. Okay. Well, here's the goddamn answer. And I feel like we could do a flashback to like 20 or 30 minutes ago when I bash mouse this fucking material that I'm literally going to tell you to get now. <laughs> um, you remember just moments ago where I said, 
Fuck cock tape. Uh-huh. Who fucking likes cock tape? <laughs> Fuck cock tape! Cock tape would be great in this instance. Okay. Now, the reason why is because the, the gapping is pretty severe. Sure. And here's the thing. I was I was shaking my head when when you were talking about, you know, like, should you add cock? Should you do this? Because that's really not a solution. That is, like, very much a stopgap. That's more like for cosmetic reasonings than actual functional reasoning. As I'm looking at this, I mean, it's literally pulling away from the wall. So you have larger issues than that. And then if it's happening in the bathroom too, that yeah, it is a foundational issue. There's something that's shifting in the building. I would really wondering what the basement looks like if you have a basement. Mm. I'll be very interested in, in to see that. I'd be very interested to see what the floorboards are like. Mm. I'd just be really interested to see what is shifting. Because, boy, have I seen some wild doozies. And this is like a, a problem where the tile is moving away so far away from the wall that you can see where the previously, like where it was previously. And they have done something that you were talking about doing before. You can see how wide the caulking is at certain points. They 100% replaced this caulking before they moved in. Right? We can almost agree with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like the, I, It looks like they added this caulking mm-hmm. on top of previously caulking, yeah. which is an absolutely stupid thing to do. Uh, whenever you're doing caulking, always remove the previous caulk. But get, it looks like they left the sealant on, mm. and they added more sealant and just did wider beads. Right. Uh, so I think in this instance, caulking tape is going to look a little different, but it's going to be wide enough to get in there and whenever you're using caulking tape it's going to want to bunch up and add waves like we were talking about previously it's one of the reasons why i don't like it Mm -hmm. so when you're undoing caulking tape do a little at a time like removing the backing yes do a little bit at a time like i would say three to four inches at a time and then uh, like get it slow the longer it takes you to do the more better the better it's going to look but when you're old like before you start this you got to remove all of that old caulking so I would get yourself a really good utility knife if you don't already have one. And then really cut the top and the bottom of it. And then try to peel out as much as you can. Then whatever you got left, your thumb is your best friend. Because your thumb can just like rub it all out. <laughs> rub that cock out. Okay. Uh, and if none of that works, you can get like a $10 tool called a cock devil. <laughs> God damn it. This is just a cock heavy show. And that will do a good job too. Okay. Basil, do you have questions since you, this is highly entails with you? You answered my my one question that I was going to ask. You should remove the cock first before putting that tape yeah, down. Yeah, definitely. You want to remove the cock and then also make sure that it is like clean right. and re- like void of debris. I was going to say I, what I would do is run my steam cleaner over it. Yeah, yeah, do that. But then make sure it's completely dry. Yeah. You yeah. need it really dry. To, to do it. You don't want it moist in the area. Right. Like, you don't even want high humidity in the area. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that that air itself is dry. The, one of the biggest things I'll see is people will go into a room that they just did caulking like an hour before. Mm. And they'll run water or do something with water or test it. That's like some of the worst shit you can do. Sure. Because it, it, it really needs a cure. Yeah. Most caulking takes a hot bit to do. I don't want to undersell it, but I would say minimal of eight hours to really cure. Like, I usually tell people don't take a shower that night. Yeah. You know, or take a shower before you do it. Just 
give it as much time as you possibly can. Let it cure as much as it can before you just go immediately into the situation and make it the area more. If you can avoid doing anything that causes water in that area for that night or two, the better you're going to be. And if you're doing the cock tape, you can get different shades. Uh, you can get beige and stuff like that, too. They make real cute ones now, too. Yeah, you you, you pulled it up before. Mm-hmm. There's some nice ones on there that are like waterproof ones. But make sure whatever you get, it's specifically cock tape. Sure. Okay. Specifically. Not just weatherproof sure. tape. Sure. Okay. Sip it, uh, specifically cock tape because it's going to be specifically made for this. And it's made with the same materials, essentially. Gotcha. But it has that, like, angled right into that spot. Gotcha. So you're going to get a good top and a bottom. A lot of the tape that we were looking at before, that waterproof taping is really good for plumbing. Mm. Maybe good around windows, mm. right? But definitely not good for a caulking situation, you know? When it comes to cock, always get the real deal. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> wow. I know. A terrible joke. Also, not even true. Let's, let's all be honest. Strap-ons <laughs> are way better. <laughs> any size, I any was color, trying to make a good joke. Firmness. <laughs> I was trying to make a good joke, but it's funny because I use strap-ons now. <laughs> so it makes me no sense. Fuck this shit. You know what? The real deal sucks. It's overrated. No one really <laughs> likes it. No, 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 no other way. Okay. Matt, am I canceled yet? Well, I was going to say, plus it's really hard to find real dragons, so. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I've just choked a little bit on my grape. It's my, fine. My, okay, Matt, Matt, oh, God damn it. I was, I was wondering how universal of a reference that would be. That was, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to get that joke, Matt, but I will know, you know your audience in this room right now. <laughs> uh, Basil I got that, like, right away. <laughs> The fact that Basil and I didn't even question that joke, <laughs> and we both looked at each other and knew exactly what you were referencing, says a lot about us. <laughs> and I want you to know, Matt, stay the fuck out of my dressing room, okay? You still have to tell me that. Yeah, you stay the fuck out of there. You do not look in those drawers. <laughs> okay, please, please play the next question. <laughs> we had a technical difficulty. And that made us delay the rest of the podcast by the last, like, 20 minutes. But here's the thing. I now have to go to the bathroom. But I fucking refuse to delay the podcast anymore. (laughs) So this is what we're doing. We're going to answer another question while I have to, like, dance back and forth to make sure I don't (laughs) pee myself. Basically, I'm pulling what I would call a basil. Because basil has to pee themselves, like, literally all the time. World's smallest bladder. Like, uh, people will not know me, but will be able to identify the pee dance. Oh, yeah. The pee dance is like, literally, it's like a mating call for birds. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> birds will fly up. and be like, hey, what's up? And Basil's like, no, no, no. I just got to pee. And they're like, oh, my bad. You know? <laughs> but all that being said, the next question just so happens to be a host question, apparently. <laughs> And a leaking issue. And since I'm currently having a leaky issue, (laughs) I thought this would be a very great way to frame the next question. (laughs) So let's go for it, Maddie. Play that that sweet, sweet question music. (laughs) Hi, Mercury and Maggie. My name is Scott. He, him, and I'm calling in from Boston, Massachusetts. My boyfriend and I have been renting our current apartment for the last two years or so and have been able to make it our home and decorate it the way that we'd like it to be. And my question is, we're looking more so like now at the more nitty gritty or kind of 
things that aren't necessities to kind of spruce up. And my question revolves around the kitchen sink. So we have a faucet that is one of those that you like grab in the middle and can pull out and has the sprayer with a hose and the knob in the back kind of goes up and to the left and to the right for hot and cold water. The sink works well. The one piece that we could change or if we could change we would would be the base. It doesn't move to the left or the right. It's kind of stuck stationary in that middle pointing out into the sink. And I was curious, yeah, if there's a way that's pretty, pretty manageable to have it move to the side, to the left and to the right, I think it would just, yeah, be one of those, like, extra additions that would make the space even more, that much better. So thank you so much. Really appreciate the, the spirit and the knowledge that you put out into the world. Have a good one. Right. Replace the whole sink. Okay, there we go. Good. <laughs> go into the bathroom, everybody. Uh, no, in all honesty, though, I would just replace the whole faucet. You know, here's a, he's a good thing. Those things that you're talking about, uh, this wonderful, like, little, like, pole holes that comes right out of it, right? Actually pretty affordable mm-hmm. for the most part and not as hard to do as you think they would be. Yeah. The only catch to all of this is making sure you can turn off the water. Mm-hmm. If you can turn off the water, right, down below, especially underneath the sink, if you mm-hmm. can turn off the flow to the supply lines and disconnect all that and have no water come out and no droppy drops, then this is a pretty straightforward one to do. And, Matt, can you show me underneath this, the sink one more time? I believe the photos that Matt are showing, Matt, can you zoom in just to make sure that I'm right? I, won't, I don't want to say this without being, oh, I am so pleased by this. There appears to be plastic underneath there. So it's hard to know for sure. But either that's that's rubber or plastic. Maybe there's a a metal coupling down below. But all that is good because that means there's no rusting. And when you're removing a a kitchen sink, one of the hardest things is the rust that can occur. Don't buy cheap kitchen faucets. Now, when I say cheap, I mean like $75, $80 because that that happens. And that causes a nightmare. And you save money now, but you will cause a nightmare down the road if you need to ever... Put it, put a, a new one in, or you mm-hmm. have any type of issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely make sure you, you spend a little more if you can. If you can afford one hundred and twenty, one hundred forty dollars on a on a faucet, it's worth it. And they make some real fancy ones now too. Yeah. They have like the the motion sensor, like stuff like that too. Now back to their question at hand. You know, I just gave them a, a, a thing that they could try. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to immediately go to that. I will say that you're going to want a basin wrench if you do do the work underneath the sink. So if we're talking the faucet, it's going to be 120, 130 easy, uh, depending on where you'll live. Uh, you might need to get new supply lines, which will be about 10 bucks each, so 150 bucks. If you get a basin wrench, you're talking about a good one, $15 minimal. You're at 165 If you need any other materials for this, yeah, you know, we'll add another ten dollars just to be close. So what, like one hundred seventy-five, one hundred eighty for the thing that I'm suggesting? Now, Matt, the picture you currently have up of just a faucet above. Can you really zoom in on the base of where they're talking about it turning? Because I have a theory. <gasps> yeah, get in real close. Okay, okay. Tell me if I'm wrong. That's your turn. It should. It looks That's like it definitely turn. should. I think there is something wrong. Maybe there's, is there buildup just holding there it There could place? be buildup. Now, what me and Basil are seeing that it doesn't look like it's all one piece. It looks like the base itself should turn. We could be totally wrong here, but this is what I would do. 
I would do some country shit. I would turn off the water. Okay, I would turn off the water down below. Make sure there's no water coming out. And then <laughs> I would. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for this one. My dad would be proud, though. I would get a two by four. <laughs> oh, boy. And I would clamp it to this. Okay. And then I would use a two by four as leverage. Okay, sure. To like right? try and turn it. Yeah. Yeah. I would try to get, or, or something that has a long, you could even use a crescent wrench. But a long-handled, you know, 12-inch, 14-inch crescent hinge. And then put it on there and just have enough to be able to turn it or crank it. Even, uh, you know, adjustable groove joint player. So, you know, commonly known as a channel locks. You put a channel locks on there that has a good, decent width of a handle. And that could also do it. Put some paper towels around it and whatever. But what you could do is spray some vinegar. Yeah, basil knows one. You spray some vinegar, and that can eat away at the mildew that's underneath, perhaps, if that is the case. And then wiggle it back and forth the best you can, and then take the pliers and apply constant pressure. Don't yank it back and forth like you're jerking a door open and close. Open it like one smooth, like a really stuck closet door, right? Nice and smooth and consistent. If that does not work, and you can feel it going, but it feels like it might break. Remember this. The water's already turned off. And if you're going to replace it and we're not sure anyways, what are you going to fucking lose? Right? Mm. And I think that that's the thing. Now, you could take it all apart. It looks like a mowing. Matt, is that a red and blue cover for the set key? The little recess screw that is red and blue right manny that looks like i think i just see red just red i thought i see blue in there oh it's so hard to tell it's really hard to tell well if it's red and blue it's mowing um the design looks like delta these are two specific brands i'm talking about now the reason why i say that is because mowing classically has a very simple like if you take the handle off you can take the the cartridge right out and then, then you can take the whole top unit off. And then you probably take some type of like plumber's grease. And that might be enough to get in there. Mm. Again, I don't know if this is all worth the price of this faucet. This right, faucet. Right. I think this is a cheaper faucet. Mm-hmm. I think this is like one. It. it doesn't look like one that has all the bells and whistles. Right. I would say this is probably like a $75 to $90 faucet. I think for how cheap that faucet is. I think you're better off just putting a new one in. Yeah. That would be my suggestion. And then you can pick out which one you want. Yeah. And if you are able to get it all off, plumber's grease would be nice. Here's a key note for everybody. Whenever you're doing any type of plumbing or whatsoever, plumber's grease is a, uh, one of your best friends. Mm. I think one of the biggest things I see is people always skip the plumber grease sure. section. You don't know what plumber grease is. It's basically grease for plumbing that specifically helps with uh, long-term problems, right? Like, you, you can get... A lot of things will seize up because of the temperature changes and et cetera. Plumber's Grease does a great job handling a lot of that stuff and preventing it from seizing up and causing a nightmare. You, if you don't put Plumber's Grease on before you do something, trust me when I say this shit will happen. Sure. Right? Okay. It seizes up and, and always causes a problem. It'll make someone else's life easier. If you don't care about knocking the, the puck down the road, then don't worry about it. 
But if you're someone like me who really cares about paying it forward and making someone else's life easier, easier than what your life is when you're doing the work, then this is the route I would go. So you would use that on things like the movable parts of a a faucet? Yeah, movable parts of the faucet. I would use that on diverters for a shower. I would use it on shower handles. I would use it on supply lines. Well, the the handles of a supply line, sorry, I I should clarify, not the hoses itself. Gotcha. But I would would definitely use that on the shutoff valves, Mm. you know, and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can really tell when... People will get like cheaper shutoff valves, and boy, does that fucking mm. matter. Uh, mm. If you're a renter and you can't shut off your your water down below, yeah. that's a problem. I I think some landlords would be like, I don't want the tenant to be able to turn off the water or adjust the water flow. Then I would, then my response was, What will happen when there's a flood? Right. What will happen when you have an issue with your toilet? Just saying. Having those shutoff valves being readily available matters. And if you're not willing to pay the damages down the road, maybe you're willing to pay a little bit for the inconvenience of them adding a bidet or something. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't even think adding a bidet is that big of a deal. But I know landlords who get fucking furious about About a bidet. Yeah, yeah, because you're shutting off the water and you're potentially um, messing up the, the plumbing system is what their view is. But I... I will tell you right now, it's not an issue. It's, yeah. Bidets are simple. Mm-hmm. You've done bidets yourself. Yes. I've I've done a bunch of bidets at this point. I, I honestly think that if you're a landlord, just add a bidet. <laughs> honestly, let's be real. Just add a bidet, you know? You'll probably have less people using those well, wipes to clog I up your pipes. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was literally just going to say, if you are someone who has spent money on a plumber dealing with wet wipes down your fucking drain. Because for those who don't know, flushable wipes really are not flushable. No. They're flushable in the sense that they can go down. But they ain't flushable that they're good for your drain system. Right. They cause fatbergs. And if you don't know what a fatberg is, you fucking type that into Google. Don't and eat while you're... While do you're not <laughs> eat while we're talking about fatbergs. But, like, a fatberg is one of the, the worst things that could happen. And it wrecked a lot of Europe's plumbing system. And now it's coming away to the U.S. and really fucking up the U.S. plumbing system. New York and Chicago being two of the biggest ones that have faced it in the last 10 years. But those flushable wipes are kind of the number one culprit. Mm-hmm. They have larger like uh, fabrics that are woven in there that are stronger. They make it more difficult. Some brands do much better. You know, Cottonelle is one of the brands that does seem to break up. And okay, sure. I don't know why you gotta though. It you can use a a wipe, but then I would say wrap it up and throw it away. Yeah. Rather than flushing it, because oh, because you're flushing it doesn't mean it's not gonna wind up in a landfill. Right. It's gonna wind up in a landfill more than likely when it gets separated in the water supply. So, good stuff. Cool. Did we answer all the stuff? I think we did. Yeah. So if you're a landlord, abides. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that this episode was really us taking care of people's heads and their asses yeah yeah take line <laughs> for the episode matthew head and asses oh, the oh cock boy. story oh, oh jesus oh god oh god i'm so low bro okay <laughs> maddie did we do a good job you did a great job with your cock heads and asses how <laughs> long is this episode two and a half years two and a half hours ten days I'm not exactly sure because I forgot to stop recording during the pee break. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to know, I, I have honestly forgot about peeing. 
But now that you brought up peeing again, I have to pee real bad again. Matt, thank you. Now I'm going to pee myself before I get to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Everyone, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. It means a lot to me. I hope that you are having a wonderful day. Remember, my book, Safe and Sound, A Renter's Guide to Home Repair, is coming out on August 22nd. If you're waiting to pre-order the book or waiting to buy the book and when it comes out, don't get it right meow. Help us get in a New York best-selling list. We need the support. Right meow. And if you're listening to this episode, I'm 99% sure that you can use a promo code from Barnes & Noble that I don't know at this moment in time, but you can go to my Instagram and you will see a promo code that you can use for Barnes & Noble and get, um, I don't know, a percent off, like 10% off, 20% off. We Go to my Instagram, y'all. There's details there. And there's details there. I'm like looking at Basil, hoping they know what I'm talking about. Basil has no clue what the fuck I'm talking about. I haven't read my about. email today. Are you kidding me? Basil, you are today's worst employee. <laughs> Last month, best employee of the month. Month before that, Best employee of the month at a different job. Uh, <laughs> and you know who gets the employee of the month this month? Is it you? Oh, I was going to say me, I, but I sneezed instead. <laughs> I covered my nose, kind of. <laughs> okay, everyone, have a great day. <laughs> and remember to clean your butthole. And clean your butthole. And remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Okay, I got to pee real bad, everybody. Okay, everyone, have a good time. Matt, I appreciate you. Oh, God. I hope I don't pee myself. Okay. God. Okay. Okay. Think about anything besides water. The theme song was created by Rody Walker. Questions were picked up by our production assistant, Ziggy. A big thank you to our executive producer, Basil. And this podcast was recorded and edited by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're